Let's begin with prayer. Um, Father, thank you that you've gathered us here this morning. Thank you for this place that we can come and meet each Sunday. Um, uh, Lord, that makes it uh, easy, easy for us to gather together. Um, uh, certainly easier than meeting outdoors or uh, having to rotate from one place to another or um, a lot of other situations that we could be in. Thank you for the, uh, the fellowship of believers. Thank you for your word that's been written in our language or translated into our language, Lord, that we can understand uh, what you've revealed to your people. Uh, Lord, uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit who is here with us uh, to help us understand your word and to help us uh, live it out and bear uh, the good fruits that you want our lives to display. Um, uh, Lord, you've given us so many gifts. Thank you for the cross. Uh, Lord, the blood of Christ that covers our sins. Uh, Lord, above all, we thank you for that. Uh, that binds us together. Lord, bless us this morning as we look into how we can live out um, being uh, the kind of people you've called us to be as a church. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, the... Uh, these over these few weeks, we've been talking about the beauty of belonging, uh, basically what it means to be part of the body of Christ or the family of God, or the church. Um, so the, for a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Matt talked about uh, belonging and identity, and our identity being in Christ and uh, uh, connected with one another in the family of God. Uh, last week, Daniel Allen led us in talking about discipleship and growing. Uh, today, our topic is serving together, uh, encouraging the saints, that is encouraging our fellow believers in Christ. So I want to focus on two topics this morning. One is spiritual gifts, um, and then one is looking at several of the commands in the New Testament that use the word one another, right? Talk about how are we to relate to one another uh, as fellow believers in Christ. So this is very practical stuff. I want, um, we'll have uh, time to discuss it together. Uh, but let me um, begin by reading 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 to 7. So this is one of the passages about uh, spiritual gifts and the body of Christ. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 7, the Apostle Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So here he's reminding them of... Uh, how they've come to faith in Christ, and he's saying the Holy Spirit was an active part of that process, uh, essential to that process of bringing them to confess Jesus as Lord, right? They used to follow idols, and he says, by the Holy Spirit uh, revealing that to you, um, you've come to, to believe and, and profess Jesus as Lord. So then he goes on. Uh, now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit here. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord, Jesus Christ. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God, our Father, uh, who empowers them all in everyone. So there you see uh, the Spirit and the Son and the Father, the Trinity right there in verses 4 through 6. Um, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, so spiritual gifts are given for the sake of the whole body of Christ. Um, uh, they, uh, uh, The Holy Spirit gives them... It actually talks about how both the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are sort of active in uh, the Father empowers them all, um, uh, that we follow the same Lord and serving one another as Christ uh, served us, and uh, the Spirit gives us gifts as he's given us life. 
Um, uh, so the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us spiritual gifts, but there are also other passages that say we should earnestly seek or desire uh, the spiritual gifts. So, for example, uh, chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And that chapter talks about what prophecy is, um, uh, sort of speech that edifies and encourages and builds up the body of Christ. Um, now, so, so the emphasis of spiritual gifts is that uh, just as there are different parts of a, of a physical body that contribute to it working together, there are different parts of the church body that each have our own contribution. So the idea of spiritual gifts emphasizes that we each have our own distinctive contribution to make. Um, uh, uh, but then what we're going to look at in the second half of today is sort of the one another commands. Um, and uh, there's an interesting overlap. Um, so so the, 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 some of the, if you look at some of these spiritual gifts that are, list, that are listed here on this list, um, so they're, they're all listed as, as spiritual gifts, sort of gifts that God might give to a particular person um, that, that they might particularly be able to build up the body of Christ in a specific way. Um, uh, but then some of these gifts are also things that Paul says that all Christians should do. So, for example... Uh, let me give a few examples. So, um, uh, top of the top of the list, uh, Paul says that service is a gift, right? But there's other pastors that say through love serve one another, right? So you can't say, well, service isn't really my gift, so I'm never going to serve anybody because that's just somebody else's gift. No, 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 Paul, right? Um, or even with um, uh, teaching or exhortation, right? Paul also says in Colossians, teach and admonish one another. Uh, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So even as we sing together, we're sort of teaching and admonishing each other just as we sing together um, the words of praise that sort of point our hearts toward God. Um, Paul says another t- uh, place, um, uh, each one should give generously, right? Second Corinthians 8 or 9, uh, each one should give generously as, as, and not grudgingly. Um, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, right? So, uh, so there's an interesting overlap, right? Like a lot of these spiritual gifts are things that at times we're all called to do. Um, uh, but it seems God has also especially gifted some people in various ways. Uh, so there's sort of a balance of like finding, it's, it, there's, a good, there's a good way of sort of just as, um, you, know, each part, you know, each part in a physical body plays a unique role. It's good to sort of find uh, sort of where God has particularly gifted you to be most helpful in the church. But then... Um, you know, there are also going to be times when, uh, you know, you might need to do something just because God commands us to do it or because somebody needs you to do it, um, even if you don't feel like that's your gift, right? Um, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, I really need someone to pray for me, and maybe you just feel really intimidated about praying for people, but you're, say, let's say you're the only Christian around, and they come to you and they say, I really need somebody to pray for me, I'm just, I, I just need somebody else who's a brother or sister in Christ who we can pray together. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit will give you the grace you need to pray for them, right? Even if you feel intimidated by praying out loud for somebody else, even if that's not, even if you feel like that's not your spiritual gift, you know, you know what? In that time, you trust that God is going to give you what you need. Um, uh, you know, if there's, if there's a mess on the floor and your gift is not service, but people are about to come down here for coffee hour, you know what? The most loving thing to do is you clean up the mess on the floor, Right? Um, you know, so anyway, that's the point. Um, so here's a question I want to discuss uh, and throw this out for. 
uh, throw this out for us. Um, how can we help each other find and use our spiritual gifts in this church? So, thoughts on that question. You can also feel free to give examples of um, how, how you've experienced that in this church or in other churches, um, sort of finding and using your spiritual gifts or seeing other people do that. most when you're going about it. <laughs> like once your feet are in motion, um, you can you can see, well, like now I'm trying the service thing and and you know I'm, I'm working really hard at it and God's giving me grace to do it. Yep. But now I'm over here and wow it just really feels like God made me to sit and pray with these people. Um, and you can't really know unless your feet are in motion and you are seeking in whatever power God gives you to serve him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really right. That's really right. And there's some things that might look really intimidating and difficult from the outside, but sort of like once you jump in and then you're like, oh, then then that's where you might feel sort of, again, these gifts from, come from their empowerment from the Holy Spirit. So um, you might experience, you sort of begin to experience that. In, in sometimes in ways you don't expect. We talked about that when we went through the First Corinthians series, and it was right at the same time that my and I were getting ready to go to Haiti, and that the jobs that they gave us to do on this mission trip in Haiti were not things I would have ever picked. I would have never knocked on people's doors to ask them, hey, how are you doing spiritually? How can the church help you? I, like, I wouldn't have picked that ever. <laughs> but but that's what my group was doing. And so as we did that a few times, I, I don't... I don't know that that's like my new vocation that God has called me to, but he definitely, um, he, we definitely saw his spirit at work in doing what felt somewhat uncomfortable, but I probably never would have tried it if I hadn't put me in that place. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, great. Other, yes, Elizabeth. Um, I think that it requires an awful lot of time in meditation and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, to really feel what the Lord is drawing you to, uh, I would suggest that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bob. You could also share an appreciative word if you see somebody exercising their gifts, you know, in an especially nice way. Mm. Yes. Sometimes other, sometimes, again, this is why it's, um, you know, discernment is a communal thing, right? Like, sometimes you can see the way that God is blessing people through someone's spiritual gift better than they can. And you can, and just by encouraging them and saying, you know, brother, sister, I really feel like God is using you in this way. I was really encouraged by uh, the way you did this or the word that you spoke here. Um, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, yes, Matt. Uh, love can be important when you're, you see that somebody thinks they have a spiritual gift and they don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes that happens too. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I've seen the tragedy of, of somebody, uh, you know, trying, wanting to minister, trying to minister in an area that they were not gifted in. And, and uh, unless you have a good relationship, uh, um, you can deliver the message, 
in any case, but uh, uh, getting that person then into the right area of ministry will be tough. There isn't a lot of love in it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and remembering that, you know, every Christian has been given a spirit, at least one spiritual gift. Uh, Romans, I think it's Romans twelve that makes that most clear. Um, uh, let's see. Romans twelve talks about each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Um, we are one body in Christ, members one of another. And then he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, right? He doesn't say some people in the church have gifts and other people don't. No, he, his assumption is every believer has some gift to contribute to the body of Christ. There is no one who is a believer in Christ who has nothing to contribute to this church. Um, and if someone feels that they have nothing to contribute to this church, then part of what God wants to do in them is to, and, and he might use one another in the process, is help them figure out what is that, what, how can they contribute, right? And so, and again, if, if someone's sort of, yes, that's, so, so I think one of the questions is, okay, if something, okay, something might not be their spiritual gift that they think it is, but how, what positively could they, you know, is there something else that they could try, is there something else, you know, as you get to know the person that you can encourage them, what about if you did, what about if you, could you help out with this, you know, or whatever. So, um, and, and, and then, you know, that, that takes humility. We're going to get to humility a little later because that's, that's one of the most common things that comes in the one another passages. Um, uh, but, but we need humility in those kind of circumstances, right? Humility to be able to say, okay, um, even if I think something's my spiritual gift, if it's not actually building up other people, then, then, then you know what? Maybe this isn't the time and place. Maybe, maybe, um, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that I don't have anything to contribute. That doesn't mean I don't have anything to give. It doesn't mean I'm worthless here. Um, my worth is found in Christ, right? So there's humility in receiving that, and then there also needs to be humility in how, how, we, uh, how we give that feedback. Um, uh, and, and, and we need to be careful in how we give that feedback too, right? Um, uh, you know, sometimes... Um, you know, uh, how would I, let's, what's an example? Um, just because you don't drive with somebody's style of music doesn't mean that you should go up to them and say, I don't think you're gifted in leading worship because I don't like the style of music that you play. Um, you know, right? That, that, that could actually be a very destructive thing to say, right? So that's, that's something where you might, you know, if you're not sure what to say in that, things like that, Go to the pastor who oversees that ministry and talk to them, and then they'll help you discern whether that's a helpful thing to say. Um, you can say, you know, I'm really struggling with this, but I don't know whether this is just my own issues or whether this is something that, um, you know, that that needs to be addressed somehow. I need some wisdom about how to address this in a way that would be edifying and helpful to everybody and not 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 cause harm. So. Um, yeah, other, other thoughts. These are great thoughts. How can we help each other find and use our spiritual gifts in this church? This is the question we're discussing. How have you seen that done well elsewhere? Michelle. Um, I have a sign up above my dining room table that says, we're pleasing for help. Uh, Rob's others of the So I think mm. one of the ways we can help each other discover our spiritual gifts is actually 
be very transparent with our need. Yeah, be willing to receive help. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's sometimes we have to have humility to do that, right? Um, and 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 it's a blessing to receive. It's a it's a blessing when when we can sort of open up our hands and and receive that as a blessing from God and from our brothers and sisters in Christ, and it can help somebody else find the ways that God has called and equipped them to serve. Yeah. All right, anything else before we move on to the next section? Yes, Kim. I, I think however it's done, it seems like even from our answers here, like doing it actually in the community, um, figuring it out in the community is the way. I love how uh, someone who's gifted to encourage says, well, we should encourage each other. Someone who's gifted in prayer says, well, we should, we should pray about it. Someone who's gifted in service says, well, we ought to, I don't know. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's cool to see, even just in our answers represented, how God is gifting us. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good, that's good. Um, all right, and uh, any questions about any of the gifts on this on, on these lists? I've, this is sort of a compilation of spiritual gifts from different passages in the Bible. Any questions about any of the particular ones? We're not going to get into a whole bunch of detail. Some of them, um, people define them in slightly different ways, and... Uh, honestly, we may not be able to completely be precise about that, but uh, are there any, any burning questions that anyone wants to ask? Yes, Laura. I was just going to add to what Ken just said. I, I feel like sometimes my assumption can be if someone is gifted in something, then they can just run with it. So there's something about doing it in community and just assuming, like, oh, teaching about it or giving helpful, I don't know, thoughts towards it and really cultivating and developing the gift. It's really helpful that, I don't know, I just assume, oh, yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Sometimes someone might have a gift, but they need someone with the gift of encouragement to come alongside them and, you know, encourage or exhort them to use it, you know, or, um, right. teaching for someone to, like, teach them how to teach. Yes. Yes, that's right, right. These gifts are not given fully for, okay, right, just as, like, um, you know, a baby does not come out of the womb um, with, you know, all of their adult developmental capacities, uh, you know, immediately visible, right? Those are cultivated over time, um, you know. Uh, and, and yes, some of those capacities are, are right there at birth, but they need to be developed and grown over time, right? The, the seeds of those are there, right? In the same way the Holy Spirit gives... Christians those gifts, but they need to be developed and cultivated and grown. And, peop- and you know, and Paul also talks about how they can be used in an edifying way, right? Somebody might have a gift, but they're not using it in, in you know, they need to grow in love, right? And so how it's expressed or whatever. So yes, there's a lot of ways that, that we can help each other um, grow in how we express and, and use the gifts that are, are within us, right? Um, so good all right so uh, let's go on um, and we can come back to spiritual gifts later if we want so I've um, uh, I found this cool infographic I did not design this myself but I was like this is exactly what I want to teach so I'm like uh, this is very rare that I go online and do a quick search and I'm like it's right here but I'm like all right this is I'm just going to go with this. Um, 
because uh, it sort of summarizes it very well. Um, so all the one another commands in the New Testament, uh, there are about 47 verses with instructions to followers of Jesus that use the word one another. Um, so uh, most of those are in Paul's letters. So there's sort of three broad categories um, that uh, uh, this person categorized these lists in. So unity, uh, love, love is the most, uh, as you might notice, Love is the one that has the most references, uh, both in John's letters and Paul's letters and Peter's letter uh, and in Jesus' words himself. Um, love one another is the most common one another command and sort of the over, in some ways an overarching one. Um, uh, but uh, there's a lot about unity. Again, some warning. If you look at some of them, several of them begin with don't, don't grumble, don't complain, don't envy one another, don't bite and devour one another. Um, uh, and then positively be at peace with one another, accept one another, uh, wait for one another, be kind to one another, uh, seek the good of one another. Um, uh, and then a lot about uh, forbearance and forgiveness and confession of sin. So that's all part of unity. Uh, broad category, and then love, um, a lot of things about love, uh, uh, several about humility, and sort of honoring one another, um, and then several at the end, um, uh, the rest, uh, I guess uh, there's about 12 in that list that, that sort of go a variety of directions. Um, so, uh, question I want to ask here is, um, how are we doing as a church? In these areas, uh, how are we doing in unity, uh, in love, in humility, and in sort of the rest of the list? What can we praise God for? Where do we need His help to improve? Right? If this is the biblical picture of what our community, you know, Holy Spirit empowered, Christ centered, God glorifying community life should look like, um, uh, where do you see these things happening in our body? Uh, and and what are some ways that we might need to grow or uh, be more intentional in in living out some of these. So, um, uh, maybe we could start with unity um, and talk about that. Um, where, uh, where? Let's see. Uh, what can we praise God for in terms of unity, and and what are some ways that we we could be reminded to um, intentionally pursue these things? pastors provide a great example for us for unity and one anothering. Um, the three of you each have your roles and you're uh, devoted to that, but you're devoted basically to the welfare of the church. For our pastors and our uh, elders give us real great examples of unity and I mean it's very clear that the most important thing, one of the most important things in our church is being unified mm. yep. and letting the other things fall away that uh, come up to bring controversy. Mm. And I think, really, that's that example we all understand and feel and realize. So we kind of fall in line. Thanks. 
one of the ways that I see it is in the small groups, um, especially groups that have different ages and different backgrounds. So I love how our small groups aren't just comprised of like Yale students and working with people. It's like everybody coming together and guiding around Christ. And so that's one way I think our small groups do a good job of displaying that unity. Any other thoughts about unity? How do how do you see? Um, have have you had somebody else sort of really live out one of these commands uh, uh, in their relationship with you, or you know, have you seen one of these particular things um, uh, lived out in our church, or or is there or is there some of them that you think are just a good warning for us, something that we might be prone to, might be easy for us to fall into, uh, that we need to guard against. Um, Matt? Um, I'm thinking of the cliche, nothing succeeds like success. There's a, a, a selfish unifying effect mm-hmm. that an organization has when it's succeeding. You know, yeah, I want to be part of this. This is a good place to be. Yeah. Um, but in the New Testament, it, it often seems like you know it's, it's reversed. It's the unity that causes the success. Um, but in any case, when you see baptisms going on, when you see new people coming into the church, you know, there's a sense that Jesus is here, you know, and, uh, and some of the things that would bother me, you know, if I didn't see the work of Christ, just, ah, they're not that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes pursuing unity is hard. Um, you know, I've uh, I've been at Trinity for seventeen years now, and so there's a few different times that I can look back on. Um, and pursuing unity wasn't easy, and it it involved speaking truth to one another, listening to one another, forgiving, confessing. Yeah, it, you know, and and I think God, God's, you know, we have there's there's a lot of ways that I think this church has a really sweet unity, um, uh, but I will I will say that hasn't always been the case, um, hasn't always been the case among the leadership, uh, hasn't always been the case in some ways in the past, and uh, but the Lord has really done that and continues to do that and you know satan always wants to sort of throw in a throw in a monkey wrench in the middle of this um and and you know one of one of the ways that we see satan at work is dividing believers from each other um you know through whether through envy or through you know that's sort of the danger of when unity is built around success is then usually you're very excited about your church's success and every other successful church is seen as a threat, right? So, I mean, there's always things to guard against even even when, when unity seems to be working well. Um, you know, there's ways that Satan tries to undermine that, but I think being gar- guarding against his schemes um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there, I mean, there are people who are still in this church who, at one time, like, I was working through a conflict with them, 
and we were having trouble relating to each other. And right now, like, that's way behind us. And, and like, that's a sweet thing. Um, there are people who, you know, are no longer in this church, but it's because they've moved out of town and not because they left the church because they were angry, right? Like, um, but that we were able to work through whatever the issue was that had come between us. And, and, and now, now there's peace and unity and we can go on and work together in the body of Christ. And I don't know, the, the conflicts between Christians don't always end that way, but I, I've, I've just, it's something that has been encouraging in my life to really see, yes, this can actually happen. Yes, this can actually happen between two people. Yes, this can actually happen on a leadership team. Yes, this can actually happen, um, you know, in situations where there are some times where it feels like it will never happen. Um, but yes, it can. Uh, so that can encourage us to keep pursuing that. Um, so let's go on to talk about love. Um, yes, Ben. Uh, one more question. I yeah. One thing in the past four or five years I've been really encouraged by is the Bridges of Hope project in that it's a little more external than sort of within mm-hmm. the community, but how believers can sort of put aside their like particular like congregational affiliations and come together to serve the city. Yeah. Um, have you seen like any, you know, either encouraging things or like, you know, uh, resistance on that front? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been really encouraging for me to, so I, I'm the pastor who goes to the Bridges of Hope board meetings uh, from Trinity, which happen every month. We're having a pastor's retreat, actually, this coming um, Thursday night and Friday. You can pray for us. Um, we do that once a year, and it's just been a really sweet time of um, sort of getting some more in-depth time to talk about uh, things with each other, and some of them are, you know, some of them are sort of ministry and organizational issues about where are we going in Bridges of Hope, but some of them are personal things about where are we, how are we doing personally and how are marriages and families and churches and what are we, where do we need prayer? And I don't know, there's been a real openness and like transparency among the pastors. Some of us didn't even know each other three, four years ago when this thing started. Like we'd never met each other, literally. Um, and... Um, you know, uh, it's been really, I've been really encouraged by it. Um, so, uh, and I think there's been some good, good fruit. I know a lot of you are involved in the mentoring program and some of you have done iHeart New Haven or helped out with, you know, other projects that, that have come out of that. Um, so I think there's, I think there's a good effect sort of that's, able to be seen by others in our city as well but I've just been really encouraged sort of with the conversations on the inside um, and uh, yeah alright should we go on uh, love um, uh, so there's a lot of things about uh, a lot of commands about be devoted to one another in love through love serve one another uh, forbear or tolerate one another that sort of means um, bear with one another in love. Um, right, First Corinthians 13, Paul talks about what love is. Uh, love is patient, love is kind. Uh, it doesn't rejoice in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Right, so love doesn't just mean sort of uh, accepting and affirming everything or, um, and, or never challenging anyone, right? That's, that's not biblical love. Love is genuinely seeking the good of someone else, um, 
and making it our priority to seek somebody else's good rather than just our own. Um, and sometimes that looks like, you know, there's sort of the soft side of love, like kindness and patience and all that, and then there's sort of tough love, right? Um, speaking the truth and sometimes sort of uh, holding people accountable and sort of uh, um, saying, no, this is actually your responsibility, and I'm not going to do this for you because you can actually, you're, you're, you're able to do this for yourself, and sometimes that's a loving thing. Anyway, so, so love can look a lot of different ways, um, uh, but how, um, but, but the New Testament says it's really at the heart of, uh, of, you know, uh, Colossians 3 says over all these virtues put on love, right? Which binds them together in perfect unity. Love is the one, love is the first in the list of the fruits of the spirit. Uh, Paul says faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is love, right? So, uh, throughout the New Testament, love is sort of, sort of like the heartbeat, um, that, makes uh, all makes the blood flow to all the different parts of the body and that sort of empowers the different gifts um, so uh, how do we see um, how do you see let's combine uh, love and humility um, uh, humility sort of honoring one another um, being willing to uh, you know the example Jesus gave is washing his disciples' feet. Um, that was sort of the task that nobody else wanted to do. Um, it was dirty. It was not an, something that that was an honorable, not, not something that you'd sort of um, honor somebody at, by giving them that task, right? That was the task that you would give to the least honorable person normally. And Jesus voluntarily took on that task without being asked, um, uh, as an example of humility, he says, just as I've washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet, right? So I don't think he's only literally talking about actually washing somebody else's feet, but he's sort of, that's the example, right, uh, of what humility looks like. Um, so where do you see, uh, how about love and humility? Um, uh, what can we praise God for? Where do we need his help to improve in these areas?
think one other thing um, <clears throat> is uh, we were reflecting on after the congregational meeting um, just the acts of church discipline that we bring before the congregation, genuinely seeking to like love the person that has strayed, and like we don't say, oh, it's not important. You know, we actually do the hard thing, how, how hard it is to confront somebody in love and their sin. And I think it's a great example of how this church is seeking to love each other, even when having that conversation is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm encouraged. I'm really encouraged because of the direction that our church has taken since we, you know, since over on Humphrey Street. Um, we've really moved forward in, in loving one another uh, outwardly, you know, with the various works that we do. And I think it's because of the fact that we have a core of really serious Christ followers. I mean, we have a core of people here who really love Jesus and really want to move forward in his name for the sake of the city and the world. Um, I, I recently visited a church which I would say is, has gone almost completely nominal. The people are just nominal. There isn't a core of serious, devoted Christians. So I am so thankful for that as, as we've grown in all these outward outward ways. Yeah. 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 You know, the homeless and bridges of hope and yeah. 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 I mean and, and all of the like all of this that we're talking about here is the fruit of the gospel taking root in our hearts and in our community. You know, when when we Know, you know, Paul prays in Ephesians that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That we know how high and how wide and how deep and how long is the love of Christ for us. Um, you know, this is the result. Like, these kinds of things. Um, that kind of love and humility and unity and uh, and expressing love in ways that are both come naturally and ways that are harder and um, uh, you know actually wanting to serve one another so that when there's opportunities you know you're not just sort of pulling um, you know trying to pull a stone along a rocky path right you're, you know there's actually some movement there's a desire to yes I, I want to help my brothers and sisters in Christ right um, and I think that's that's just the result of when the gospel really takes root in our hearts so it's encouraging to see. Uh, anything else on the rest of the list? Uh, there's a lot of um, pretty practical. Uh, I guess let me ask this question to end. To end, what's what is uh, one of these one another commands that you want to take away with you, just as a practical encouragement? If there's one of them that that you think. This is a good reminder for me this week, or I want to put this into practice this week. What would that be from, from anywhere in the list? Anywhere in any of the lists?
Mm-hmm. Yes, pray for one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Mm-hmm. Speak the truth to one another. Yes. Clothe yourselves in humility toward one another. That's a good one. All right, one one or two more, and then we'll then we'll pray. That's so, a good thing to remember. <laughs> people are just different. <laughs> if we, it's a very simple thing. If we remember that, that would <laughs> so go ahead. Yes. of people that uh, you don't find, um, you know, elevating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those I found that pray for one another. That's what you have to do. You pray. That's right. You pray for yeah. that person, and it all changes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, that's good. Um, so let's pray. Uh, can I ask for for three volunteers to lead in prayer, and then I will close. Uh, raise your hand if you are willing to pray. Um, maybe somebody could pray for our church in uh, uh, unity, and someone could pray for us in love and in humility. Um, so, Tyler, which one do you want to take? Unity. You'll take unity, all right? Somebody pray that we would be a loving that would grow in love. Debbie, uh, Pedro, do you want to do humility? Okay. Great. Uh, pray loud enough so everybody can, can hear you. Um, and I'll close this in prayer. Our Father in heaven, uh, Lord, we pray. We thank you for this time that we get to think about uh, your word together. Lord, as we think about all that you've done for us in Christ, Lord, we pray that we would um, be united to one another as you have sacrificially offered up yourself. Lord, we pray that we would uh, sacrificially seek each other's good and through that um, uh, seek unity in this church. Lord, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Lord, I pray this church would be uh, united with each other in so doing, show who you are, your character to each other in the world. I pray this in Christ's name.
Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can love each other only because you loved us first. And I ask that we would be ever mindful of that and that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, enabling us to really love each other well um, in this body of Christ and, and, and with all, all others that we come in contact with throughout our days and our week. Oh, Father, we thank you because you've given us such a beautiful example of humility in Christ who laid aside his throne to come and take on flesh and dwell with us. I pray that that example might be near and dear to our hearts as we walk so that we might put others before ourselves, that we might not judge for external appearances, for wealth, for anything like that, but that we might um, see one another as Christ sees them with love and, and with a desire to serve them. Father, we thank you for uh, the spiritual gifts that you have given uh, to every believer in Christ. Uh, We pray that every believer in Christ would find um, the way that you have uh, enabled and gifted them to contribute to this body of believers. And we pray that every believer in Christ here would also be served and loved uh, and built up um, in their faith and hope and love. Uh, in this body of believers. We thank you for, um, uh, Lord, the good work that you've done uh, in and among us. Uh, We pray uh, particularly that you would bless uh, this worship gathering as we uh, go upstairs, uh, as well as as we greet one another um, afterwards, uh, Lord, that we would be encouraging one another as we sing to you, sing praises to you, that we would um, be drawing near to you as we uh, pray. Uh, Lord, that we would be shaped um, by your word as we as we listen to it preached and read. Uh, Lord, we pray that you continue to shape us into a church that glorifies your name. We pray this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.